Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know what? I'm looking forward to getting up to Durham this summer. I've had so many good times there at Chesterley Street watching the Ashes. Of course, the World Cup was up there a little bit a couple of years ago. And we've got an ODI against Sri Lanka there, the Barmy Army Golf Day. Chris, it's, it's spot on Durham, isn't it? I'm a massive fan of it. I'm Yeah, I'm a huge fan. A little story about the World Cup in Durham. It was, it was one of the hottest days of the year, I think. We went to Durham, all fleeced and jumpered and jacket up. I'll tell you what, we got a suntan. We all got suntans. A few sunburns, but we made sure our sun cream was spread out amongst the group. But we got a suntan. It was a lovely day out as well. Durham is a stunning place and you just sit in the ground and it feels like a proper cricket stadium, a proper cricket ground with the castle behind you as well. It really does set the scene for a lovely day out. Yeah, I tell you what, there's plenty of other stuff to do as well in Durham. It's a county that is just packed with like loads of stuff to do. You've got the historic city with all the stunning countryside around it as well, and and the coasts nearby as well. It's it's, it's spot on, like really spot on place to go and spend a bit of time. It is, it is. It's got everything. It's got some really cool old buildings. If you if you're into any filming or it's things have been done there, like Harry Potter, Avengers. And then there's places like Durham Dales with its incredible castles and beautiful gardens to stroll around if that tickles your fancy. Yeah, and there's the Beamish Museum as well. It's got that 1900s town in it as well. It takes you back in time to yesteryear. It's got like a sweet shop in it and stuff as well. So if you fancy a bit of nostalgia, you can pop in there. And Greggy, do not forget Dalton Park. Retail therapy, outlet store, what more can you want? So you go to the cricket, pop off to the castle, go to the museum, on your way home, get some new trainers. You know what? I think I need a bit of them. And outlet stores, they're properly a bit of me, I think. Uh, natural beauty, castles, museum, a charming city, countryside, beaches, shopping. I, I'm actually going to throw this out there, Chris. I actually think it's the most underrated county or place to be in the UK. I reckon so. I think it's the most underrated county, place to be in the UK, apart from London, because we obviously know everything about Durham, don't we? Great knowledge from the both of us. Yeah, make (laughs) sure you get yourself there this summer. Get to Durham, come with the Barmy Army, go on your own, however you want to do it. Get to Durham, 
Go and check it out. It's a lovely place. You know what? With so many incredible experiences to be had, you can extend your stay when you go up for the cricket this summer. Why not make a break of it? You deserve it. You can go to thisisdurham.com forward slash worth the wait. So that's thisisdurham.com forward slash worth the wait. And you know what? I think it is worth the wait. First of all, Nick Hockley, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on the Shackles Rock podcast. I believe, actually, you're the first person kind of associated with any form of Australian cricket. So a bit of a baptism of fire, but we'll be kind to you, I promise. I just kind of want our listeners to be aware, and they'll hear this in a moment when they hear you speak, that you have an English accent. So I want to know, and I think our listeners will want to know, to kick things off, is how an Englishman gets to be the head honcho of Cricket Australia. So what's what's the journey been like, Nick? It's been, um, yeah, well, fir- firstly, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on. It's great to, great to have a chat. It's, um, no, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. And, you know, as you say, I was grew up in Birmingham, uh, played my cricket for West Bromwich Dartmouth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, where it all started, probably I lived with three Aussies at uni in England and uh, became good mates, came out here in my late 20s and met my now wife. And um, part of the deal was that we would we would emigrate, uh, which we did back in 2012 and um, been fortunate to be working in Australian cricket for the last nine years, worked on the 2015 one day uh, Cricket World Cup and then just recently have been um, working on the, the 2020 T20 World Cup and for the last 12 months have been um, acting in the in the CEO role and that's all been made official in the last week so but yeah no I feel feel very privileged to be working in in cricket and um, and yeah Australian cricket um, it's just been a, every minute has been an absolute joy and we've got got a lot of stuff to look forward to. Nick, the burning question for every Barmy Army fan. I think you probably already know what this is, but when it really comes down to it, who are you going to support when that little earns up for the grabs? So um, I've been asked this question over time and um, I've got a bit of empathy now for the likes of Trevor Bayliss when he was coaching England and Eddie Eddie Jones right now because, you know what, it's... um, you know, I grew, grew, up, grew up in England, supported England all my life. But my job now is, uh, you know, I'm responsible for um, the fortunes of, of Cricket Australia. And so on this occasion, I'll be doing absolutely everything in my power to make sure that Australia are really successful. Uh, this- <laughs> what a politician you are. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, you know it's a what? fair enough answer, isn't it? It's a fair enough. You know what, Chris? I just love the fact that you've gone straight in with that. Nick, you're in for a much easier ride after this. It's all plain sailing from here, I promise. Don't worry. If I got a, if I got a dollar or a pound for every time I was asked that question, 
I'll be doing all right. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was a blooming good answer, actually. I mean, look, with, without sort of going into COVID and stuff too much, we try to keep that out of, of the podcast. But for, for you in sports administration, it's almost impossible to ignore the fact that it has made your job and life so much more difficult planning things, the World Cup, the Ashes, the will they, won't they, in terms of fans being able to attend and that kind of stuff. And it's not ultimately not even up to you, is it, a lot of this stuff? It's sort of working with governments and and politicians and stuff. I mean, have you ever experienced anything like this, as challenging as this? Because I'm led to believe, you know, you were part of working on the 2012 Olympics and obviously other World Cups and whatnot. I mean, this has just got to be an absolute nightmare, but I suppose you've got all the experience. So, I mean, how difficult has it been for you trying to get your head around it all? Yeah. Yeah, look, it's, um, it is interesting and it is, you know, I think the Olympics was a really good training ground I mean they talk about that being the most complex logistical exercise in peacetime and I have to say I'm feeling for everyone in Tokyo right now because it's complicated enough when you know the sun's shining everything's going going really really well but but for us here um, with cricket we were very fortunate that we were able to play really the last major world event um, before the pandemic really struck which was the T20 the women's T20 World Cup final we had 86,000 uh, at the MCG and then really spent the rest of the time working out actually how we continue to play cricket. So uh, unfortunately we had to postpone the men's T20 World Cup, but we were really proud and pleased to be the first international side to leave Australian shores when our white ball squad came over uh, to play in Manchester and Southampton last um, September. And then this, this last summer um, hosting India, um, as you say, it's just that much more complicated. It's all about having multiple contingency plans. Um, you're right, we need the support of the health authorities and the governments. Um, but look, the feature, the overriding feature, which has just been the biggest privilege, is how everyone has literally come together and figured out how to solve these really, really um, complex problems. And there's a kind of inevitability about it. So. Um, all you can really ask is that you're putting in place all the contingency plans to be able to react to the situations as, as best you can. And last summer here in Australia, we're very fortunate. We got, we played every single game apart from one, which was the test match against Afghanistan. That's now being played next year. Um, but we played all 120 um, BBL matches. And well, it's just great to see cricket back up and running um, all around the world. And obviously, you know, our, our thoughts at the moment are with our friends um, in India where they've had to um, suspend the IPL. But, um, you know, I think world cricket has come together to get the show on the road. And um, and certainly we've all been sharing, we've been sharing knowledge, all the knowledge. So, you know, Tom and the, and the crew at the ECB have been, they've been fantastic sharing all their protocols. And, and a bit of it is just how we really support all the cricketers and all the support staff to make sure that, um, you know, they're, they have to dealing with so much more than they normally would. You know what? You talk about that spectacle for the Women's World Cup. I mean, that was unbelievable. And because everything happened so quickly afterwards, I think a lot of people over here had kind of forgotten about that. But that was absolutely unbelievable, that. How logistically, I mean, you had Katy Perry, for goodness sake, um, <laughs> performing at the Women's World Cup final. It was amazing to watch. That must have been such a proud moment for you coming into the role and getting something like that, which just went all over the globe because everybody was so impressed with it. 
I think, it, yeah, it was a real, it was a career highlight to work on it. And I mean, I think it's, it's a privilege if you get to work on things where you're breaking new ground, where you're making progress. You know, we, we talk about the kind of the pioneering spirit and, um, you know, all the way through, we thought, you know, you've got a, got a World Cup. Um, we've got, we actually managed to schedule it on International Women's Day. So it became this even bigger celebration of, of sport. And it was a, it was a pretty bold ambition to try and get the highest attendance for any sporting of any women's sporting event um I, you know i think if it probably wasn't for covid we might have we might have got there we fell about four thousand short um uh, because it was just all starting to kind of happen around us and i mean even we had one case the next you know the next day we found out we had one case um uh, in in the ground but it's still would you believe it's still it's still here's a bit of a trivia question it's it is the biggest crowd at any t20 match ever women or men um, wow. So um, I just think it shows what's what's possible when you really focus, and I think it's also you know we're challenging ourselves now to make sure we continue the growth and the and the momentum. And it's not just a not just a one off, but it's great it's great to see the momentum. I mean, I've got two I've got two little girls, nine and five, and you know it's great to see um, you know the growth of the sport sport globally and all sports for women and girls globally. The attitudes. Yeah. The attitude is very different, isn't it, in Australia towards women's sport, I've got to say. And they just embrace it as kind of, you know, they, there you are. It's, it, it, people have a really big kind of focus on it. And, you know, you were actually showing us just before we started this recording of that poster that you've got from the Women's World Cup signed by Elise Perry. I mean, fantastic. And that, and she is heralded as one of the best sporting stars. What, what is, what have you noticed that kind of difference where in Australia to, for example, when you spent time here in the UK? I think it's, I think, I, mean, I think it's, I think it's happening all around the world, and I think it's about all the different countries and all the sports taking a leadership position. I mean, I was really when we were doing the planning for that. It was the week before uh, the Cricket World Cup at Lords last year. The week before that. Um, literally seven days before that was the final of the FIFA Women's World Cup in Lyon um, in yeah. France. And that was just an, an incredible event. So, you know, whether it's, you know, cricket um, or whether it's, any, you know, any of the sports, I know we've got quite a few Aussies now playing in the, um, you know, the Women's Premier League in England uh, on the soccer side. So um, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a rising tide lifts all boats and, it's actually quite a war on for talent now to get the best female athletes into cricket. From a player's point of view, Nick, I've never managed to get to the top level, but I've played uh, county cricket for quite a while. How much of a um, relationship do you have with the players and coaches in the men's and women's game over there? Yeah, so I'm, I'm building one. So I've come from this more than major events background, but through this summer, I've, I've had to build a, a closer relationship. It's been a bit challenged because... You know, we've been stuck at home. They've been in, been in the bubble, um, but you know, it's a, uh, it's a really, really important, important relationship. And you know, I think whether it's overseas tours, whether it's you know, again, just recently getting our players come back from the IPL, we're we're in we're in really close touch, and um, they're just a really, really important part, important part of the game. So I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know both on the women's side and the men's side. Certainly, getting to know the captains across all formats, um, because I think it's really important that through our through the organisation and through the elite playing sides, 
you know, we're actually all representing, um, we're, we're all representing the, the organisation and, and the sport. Um, so something I've talked to, you know, the likes of Justin Langer and Matthew Moss uh, about a lot is, is how we make Australians proud. And I think that needs to run through the DNA of, of the whole organisation and, and the administration. Will they let you in the change rooms for a beer after a game or have you been told to keep your distance? I don't think I deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, was, was it obviously um, just touching on the T20 World Cup again? You were in charge of the uh, both the women and men's T20 World Cup. Um, what was that like to have such success with the women and then to have almost such devastation with all the planning and everything gone into such a... Well, for a men's World Cup that was meant to be October last year, was it pretty devastating when that inevitably got cancelled? I think it's not work that's gone to waste because we've it's been um, postponed until October, November next year, 2022. So, you know, all the plans are there. I'm just hoping that everything opens up yeah. and that it, it's, a, it's an opportunity for, you know, all the fans from all, all around the world to all come together and... Um, and see their mates and yeah, hopefully um, we're back to full stadiums and it's it's everything we hoped it would be originally. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was it was disappointing. But as I said, we were very fortunate to have a big summer last year. We've got a massive summer coming up this year. We've got you know as we've got eight test matches. We've got mm. um, yeah, five big ones. Yeah, five. We've got the men's ashes. We've got the women women's ashes test, and then we've got we've got the first ever test against Afghanistan, yeah. um, which just leads leads into the first test, the first ashes test, and then we've got India women's team coming out for a test match. So, um, uh, and then and you know and then leading into the the postponed T Twenty World Cup. So there's there's plenty of cricket to to look forward to, and. In between that, we've got a we've got overseas touring commitments. Um, we're going to the West Indies shortly. Uh, we're going to Pakistan after the Ashes. So um, you know, there's a there's a lot of great cricket to look forward to. Chris, from your perspective, I'm sure that you probably want to get into Nick a little bit about the relationship between the Australians and the Barmy Army. So. Uh, yeah, Chris, fire away. And Nick, feel free, by the way, this is an open forum. We're all friends here. You can ask Chris some questions back as well, if you like. <laughs> We're under the microscope, if you want. But no, from, from our side, we um, the relationship with Australians is very much love, hate, hate to love. And we probably get on with the Australian community so well. And we, we always love how well appreciated we almost are in the stadiums by the majority, not, not, by, not by some, but by the majority. Is it nice for you to to have a, a home series when you know it's going to be supported so strongly by away fans? You've obviously had the, the India series and you see what a spectacle that can be. And similar to the Barrett Army, the Barmy Army coming over, hopefully in the numbers, if not with the expat community. Is that quite exciting from um, a, a rights holder point of view because you're going to have such a spectacle? I mean, the fans make it. Let's be clear. The fans absolutely make it. Barmy Army uh, really make it. I know that the... Um, the Richies have got there now. They've got song sheets and a few. I think they've kind of learned a bit over over the years trying to emulate you guys. Um, but um, no, it's it's uh, it's a massive part of the it's a massive part of the whole rivalry. It's uh, a massive part of the the whole event and the whole whole experience. I mean, um, 
yeah, it's. I noticed that you were you were born 25 years ago or 26 years ago in Adelaide. It's a really big. It's a big Test match in Adelaide this summer because yeah. it's 150 years of the of the South Australian Cricket Association. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I was wondering. I was yeah. So I was wondering. I was wondering what you've got planned, uh, especially for this upcoming series. If there's anything anything you've got you've got specially planned. Yeah, well, we've got um, a few different plans, actually, de- depending on where we're going to be and what's going to be happening. But we've got a few bases in London that have promised to put on quite big events for us in the UK to live stream the games overnight so we can have a bit of a, a night shift for everyone wanting to watch it together and have a bit of a community um, supporting it in, in London, which would be quite a quiet um, event, I would imagine. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that comes off and that can all plan out well. But... We're still hopeful that we might be able to get over for maybe one test if it's Perth or, or wherever it is, obviously subject to travel and subject to whatever we can we can do. It's not in the hands of any of us here, is it? So we're, we're still holding out hope. We'll never lose faith, but you can you can be sure that our expats will be well represented in all Melbourne, Sydney, also Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth. We are heavily dependent on all the Australian community of British expats living out there. So um, almost the your country needs you message will be going out to them at some point. So hopefully we'll be well represented. Yeah, no, good stuff. I'm sure they'll rise. Knowing a few of them, I'm sure they'll rise to the occasion. I'm very sure. I'm very sure. One thing for for us, Nick, is, is just making sure that they're going to be obviously um, well represented. From our side, we'll, we'll definitely put that message out. But is there anything that, that you will be looked to do? And we want we want to play games against the Richies pre-test. We want to we want to get you down. We want to get you in some cricket whites and see if you can represent the Aussie cricket fans against the Barmy Army. Would you be Would you be up for that? Massively up for that. I might have to uh, I might have to get in the nets and uh, take the bowling you know, on for a, for a few. But uh, yeah, no, I'll be I'll be massively up for that. I don't, I mean, I, I think playing. Um, Playing games of cricket—I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Bringing bringing everyone, everyone together and making new friends. So, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to that. <laughs> he says nervously. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Depends who you've got playing, I suppose. That's the. Uh, <laughs> you've probably got. You've you probably got up a few ringers, won't you? Get Brett Lee and a few other lads involved, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give it a buzz. What's the date? So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, best start planning now for that one, Nick. Uh, Brooks, you've you've obviously played with loads of Australians, you know, at Yorkshire and at North Dance and at, at, at Somerset as well. And what's what have they ever sort of said to you about that relationship, that rivalry? I mean, it's obviously different when they're coming into kind of our own backyard in, in many ways, isn't it? To to sort of hone their games and get used to the English conditions. But just want to pick your brains from from their perspective on how they view us and how they think that we view the cricket Australian setup because they're two very different things, aren't they? And you've spent time in in, in uh, playing the grade system as well, so you're a good person to ask about this, Brooksy, and maybe you know sort um, of ask Nick about it. Well, yeah, I've I've played grade cricket in Perth quite a lot, and it's like a second home. Like Nick's obviously emigrated over there, I could see myself living in Australia and especially in Perth because it's just. Um, it's, just, it's a great, it's a great country, isn't it? And the lifestyle, the sunshine, sport, love for sport over there. Um, I was really lucky at Yorkshire to be mentored and coached by Jason Gillespie for six years. He's one of the greatest South Australians, isn't he? So um, I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve for that 150. Um, 
and been lucky to play with Finchie, Maxwell, Travis Head, like some pretty pretty good Australian cricketers who have all got sort of big personalities as well. Um, but the one thing they've always said is they love they love the banter from the English fans. It goes both ways. I mean, both teams play hard on the field. I think the Aussies probably chip a little bit more. Um, but then the <laughs> the English will probably say that, and then the Aussies will probably say that about the English, wouldn't they? But um, at the end of the day, the two good countries that like a like a battle, but they also enjoy a you know a bit of a social beer and can be friendly off field at the end of the game. They play it in the right spirit, um, and it's the best rivalry in cricket, isn't it? So all the players from both sides want to be playing at that level. Absolutely, Nick. I think if it, if it's all right with you, we'll we'll welcome you in for a session during the Ashes. Come and sit with the Barmy Army and have a have a little sing song for a couple. I know you're a very busy man on a match day, but if we can if we can steal you for half an hour and, and get you in the Barmy Army section, that'd be amazing. Be good to I'll be good to see everyone. Um, you know, as you say, Rax and the Barrett Army when they're over here, uh, whenever they're over here, we always always catch up. It'd be great great to catch up with uh, with everyone. Fantastic. So, uh, no, it's, it's going to be an amazing series. It's just, I mean, the experience. I'm interested in your views and how it's all going to pan out. I mean, obviously, you've got some serious experience there in um, broad mm. route. We've only we've only got one in the hundred club, Nathan Lyon. But um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a um, should be a cracking series. It should be great. And we're, um, we're already thinking about it, aren't we? Uh, our, our team pretty much is being moulded on the ashes at the end of the year. So we've got an India series, a New Zealand series. Let's be honest, we're moulding for the ashes. <laughs> Nick, what's, Nick, what's your prediction? Let's get a, let's get a prediction out. Are you going to be a, go with Glenn McGrath 5 nil, or are you going to be a bit more fair? <laughs> Glenn McGrath 5 nil always ruffles feathers. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I think, I think the English side have made no secret of the fact they're really prioritising, they're really focusing on it. So it's, um, yeah, what's, I mean, what's interesting is that this year just gone, the Gabba, the Fortress, um, you know, that's where India won, won the series. So that kind of mystique has gone. I think, you know, I think if, I think, if, I think if the Aussies get off to a good start, um, it's going to be, it's going to be, um, hard work but then you've got you know you've just got you've got Broad, Broad and Anderson have, um, have proven a handful and if it, if, if, if uh, Joffre fires I think you can you know I think England can, can get 20 wickets I think it's going to be very competitive I think it's going to be very competitive I'm sitting firmly on the fence but, <laughs> uh, come on come on I think it will be more competitive than the last couple of series over here that's my prediction yeah nice that's yeah, good I, I mean I, I think what what else did we expect Nick to say there, Brooksy? Really, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I don't. I think we'll win five now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the English Glenn McGrath, Chris Millard, love to see it. Um, just just finally, uh, Nick, going forwards uh, for for you, cricket Australia. I mean, you know, we talk about the Ashes and the World Cup. What else does it look like? Because um, you know, with the with the whole restructuring of contracts and and obviously you've got the big bash is like this sort of amazing thing that it just goes from strength to strength and and you know it was such a big interest in that over here, despite being completely not conducive with normal working day to day life with time differences and yeah. stuff. All my mates who I play cricket with and and sort of know through cricket 
always loving it and talking about it when it's on. So there's, there's that. I mean, where do you see it? What where do you want to take cricket Australia? Apart from sort of guiding everyone out of this pandemic, where do you see it going? So that's great to hear that people love the Big Bash over there. I think good breakfast viewing. We're really interested to see how the the hundred goes coming up now. And um, look, I mean, the vision, Cricket Australia's vision, which I I fully subscribe to, is um, to um, to to make cricket strive to make cricket a sport for all, a sport for all Australians. And I think we talked earlier on about the T Twenty World Cup, the Women's T Twenty World Cup. I mean, we've seen a massive surge in the number of. Uh, women and girls teams but we're by no means at 50 50 so uh, and equally you know as i said i grew up in birmingham and you know we'd love to see cricket being truly representative of modern multicultural uh, australia making sure everyone feels that they belong in the game so that's that's probably number one number two that the world's changing uh, making sure we're delivering fantastic experiences all the way through from playing to watching using uh, technology and then the third one, which we've talked a bit about, is being a really great global cricket citizen and, um, you know, making sure that, you know, I think we've got, and I, I think the same the same for English cricket, you know, we, we're in sophisticated sports, uh, sports marketing landscapes. There's a very high level of talent and capability around. And, um, you know, we, we, we um, are in a privileged position and we, we ought to, you know, we've got a, we've got a leadership role to play in sharing knowledge and building capability. I mean, as an example, I, you know, I speak to my colleague, Ian Higgins, who's now running USA Cricket. How can we help support, grow the game um, internationally? And I think certainly England and Australia have got a really critical role to play in that. Amazing. Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure. We won't ask you any more. I mean, you, you, you got a few grillings there, I've got to say, mainly off these two. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes get a bit of stick for asking the journalistic stuff, but Nick, absolute pleasure. Um, thanks so much, and and um, I hope that you know to see you soon, and um, I hope you know everything goes from strength to strength for for you guys, and I, I absolutely mean that. Whether Chris and the rest of our listeners mean that, I'm not sure, but but absolutely mean that. Yes. Yeah, so thanks thanks so much for coming on and being a great sport. No, brilliant, and um, great to chat. Thanks to you for all your support, and thanks to. You know the Barmy Army, and we're we're really hoping to see everyone soon. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Nick. Thanks Thank for your um, little note to the Barmy Army. We'll be very well received, and I know um, from the conversations we've had, you are doing everything you can to try and get some international travel and international fans over, and we're relaying that message. So we really appreciate that. Podcast Network.